The Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook by using promo code RTRS and brought to you by Briggs Auction, the official auction of the process at briggsauction.com slash Ricky. Adam Kasabi, the official realtor of the process, 302-864-8643. And Stateside Urban Craft Vodka, the official sponsor of the Corner 3 newsletter with Zoe, statesidevodka.com. That newsletter will come out tomorrow or Thursday, whenever you're listening to this. Sign up at rightstrickysanchez.com slash newsletter. On the show today, it is finally here. We've all been waiting. The 2022 version of the Furkan Korkmaz hype video is out. We will watch it and break it down. This is certainly a reason to watch on YouTube or Spotify. Uh, very excited. Also, Kevin Durant supposedly staying in Brooklyn. Daryl Morey has a bad idea for baseball and a nickname I didn't know about. And if we have time, we will start grading every move that Daryl Morey has made since he's been in Philadelphia. That's right. It's that part of the offseason. A quick reminder to sign up for our Bark in the Park run team. We are at $5,300 raised. Our goal is $16,000 for homeless pets and the Providence Animal Center. We have a great Ricky shirt that is pretty weird. All you have to do is join the team and raise 50 bucks. Otherwise, just donate. Uh, RightStrickySanchez.com. Thank you to Mortgage CS, a sponsor, also a sponsor of the Spike and Rebel Food Truck Festival over there at the Bark in the Park, as well as L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers, Body Bio, DraftKings, and Briggs Auction. I did mention stateside vodka. We have a few weekends left of summer. And what better way, what better drink to have if you're over 21 or 21 or older at those parties, those weekends of the final weekends of summer than Surfside iced tea and vodka, only 100 calories, just the right amount of sweetness, the best iced tea vodka drink, and no carbonation because iced tea is not supposed to have carbonation. Now the vodka sodas do have carbonation, but they are delicious as well. Go to Stateside. Meant to be meant to be drunk at like 4:45 p.m. Oh, so it's right. Like the like sun yep. is coming down, mm-hmm. not too much yet, still warm out. Mm-hmm. Crack up one of the state sides. Great treat. Yep. Absolutely. Great, great recommendation. That is the perfect time for that. Um, you've got to be 21 to drink them. Go to statesidevodka.com. Without any further ado, Amos and the chef. Larry, sweetie, the man is here. We will ride. Welcome to the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy who, while he is a stateside devotee, is very excited for Friday's release of the Jay Harden Wines. That is one Mike Levin. Oh, yeah. And I can't wait to see which which blend gets released. 
<laughs> Mike, they have something for everyone. There is a Cabernet and a, a red mix, a mixed red mm. wine. So, so something for everyone. That's everybody. I you're got either, the, this. There's two Americas, and you're a Cabernet America <laughs> or you're a Red Blend America. So there is a. I got an email. I signed up for the email uh, notifications for it, and I got an, the first email today from Jay Harden. the The note is from James Harden. It says, "Headline is bringing the swag." Hello, Spike. Thank you for signing up for my Jay Harden wines. You are now registered to be the first to get latest updates and news on his wine, which <laughs> updates and news this out Friday. I hope you love these wines as much as I do. Get ready, James. So there you go. How are you feeling? <laughs> All right I love it. About the wines? All right. I love it. I'm, I'm yep. happy with it. I also, I, I enjoyed, uh, he was on, uh, he posted on Instagram two days ago that he, I didn't know he did this, but the fourth annual women's empowerment brunch. Which mm. seems nice. Some speakers, mm-hmm. Harden, and a bunch of a bunch of uh, mm. women that are excited to be there. Excited to see him. Mm. It's. I think it's. It's. Uh, I'm. A, I'm. A, you know. You. You get to know a superstar mm. like when they're on some other teams, and they're like, okay, that's them. But then you pay, pay more attention when they're there, and you're like, look at all Harden's interests. He's empowering mm. women. He's doing red blends. I'm excited to find out what he's up to. I'm just yeah. excited to keep learning about it. I'm getting a sense of his Instagram presence. Mm. So if I were if I were new to all of this, an unbiased party, and I were to just learn about James Harden, I know you know all the, the culture things now, and I were to hear about his reputation specifically, and then hear about his women's empowerment brunch, I may be one to suggest he doesn't have the purest of intentions, but you know him better than I do, I guess. Well, I don't know. I think also if, you know, this, the, you're referring to the strip club rumors. And the, well, no, the I mean, he, 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 he has a pretty heavy reputation of being um, incredibly promiscuous. I mean, like, oh, really? I, yeah, I generally didn't yeah, know that. I, yeah. I only know the, I'm aware of the, 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 the strip club reputation is very, uh, it permeates the yeah. culture. I, I mean, enjoy what you enjoy, I guess, as long yeah, as man. everybody's, everybody's down, you know? And also stripping, empowering. Yes, absolutely. I would strip. I wish that I had stripped. I wouldn't do it now, but mm. I wish that in college I like paid for stuff. Instead of working at a burrito place, I wish that I had stripped, gone to a, a male strip club with women throwing shit. I would like that. I wish I would have, I will, I would have liked that for myself in the past. I would have liked to have said that and been like, guess what I did when I was younger. Would be a looking. whole pod. Would be a whole yeah. podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I do wish I had done podcast. that. If any listeners, if any, this is just, I guess, specifically for the male listeners, but if any male listeners used to strip, send us an email. I'd like to know about it. You don't want to know about the female stripping? If there's a female? A female uh, yeah, no, I'd, I, would, I would hear about that also. I think that's cool. Uh, I just, you don't hear as much about, about guys stuff. stripping their way through college. And I drive by like 15, 10 or so minute, minutes from my house. There's a, like a barbecue place that is also a, uh, like the strip, a male strip club for like, I think it's like Western themed or something. 
there's like an, I think it's an old sign. I don't. I wonder if it's still in business. But I, I I'm going by there, being like, what what women are showing up to this like odd, <laughs> odd building to be like time to watch men take their clothes off and stuff. And so I'm, I wanna I wanna know. I wanna know. I wanna I, be aware of it. And I'm seeing not- people say Magic Mike in the in the comments. <laughs> I haven't called Magic Mike before. I had a former boss. My fr- I was 21. This is as close as I this is as close as I came. I think. My former boss, this guy Larry, who's great, I love him. Uh, he was a, a gay man at that point in his probably forties, mid forties, and he had a softball team. And I was one of the two straights on the softball team. You could have two straights, and I was okay. one of the straights. And I was young and in better shape. And uh, and Larry and his friends called me Magic Mike, and they started chanting at, when I was at the plate. And <laughs> I liked that very much. I was smiling while I was batting. I enjoyed it thoroughly, and I enjoy it now. I I was on a panel once uh, last year. Uh, what was it? At Ad Week or something um, with this woman, uh, Natalia. So last name starts with a P. She was uh, she's a nutritionist, very smart woman who did a podcast series for us called Welcome to Your Fantasy, all about the Chippendales, like the entire story of the Chippendales from the 80s. Um, I listened to the first couple of episodes. It was crazy. Um, would have been great if you were a character. In would that. have loved it. Would have yeah. loved to have been a character. Yeah. On that podcast. So, Better than on spe- this podcast. I'm yeah, a character absolutely. on this podcast. I'm not taking my clothes off at all. <laughs> well, that's up to you. There's a video now. Yeah. That's true. I've done a podcast in the dark. I think my shirt was off when I was in the dark, but mm-hmm. but it wasn't a feature of it, I guess. Okay. All right. To the Sixers. So speaking of good-looking gentlemen uh, with their, you know, half-clothed, every year we get a Furkan Korkmaz hype video. And I love them. I love everything about Furkan Korkmaz. I love his trade demand. I love his... Um, the fact that I still believe in him after the year he had last year. I love his unabashed, you know, his, his no fear, letting it fly up until the end of last year sort of thing. And I love the hype videos. And Mike, again, if you're listening to this, this is something you got to watch. The hype video this year, according to my calculations, do not... It's a hype video where everything is completely legit, legitimate because there's nothing impressive in the entire in the entire video. I've never seen a hype video like this. An off-season workout video where it is everything just looks completely normal. CJ, can we uh here we go. Mike, have you watched it yet? I watched uh some of it and I, okay. and I smiled and enjoyed myself. Okay. It's a beautiful thing. Okay, Cortland, dribble in the dark, dribble in the dark. Turn the lights off. You're dribbling. You're confident. His coach showing him proper shooting form. His coach dribbling. And a layup. And more first. Less of a hype. It's honestly less of a hype video and more of like a Rocky workout montage. Yeah. Like in a in a in a film where he's like he's getting better. Yep, and it's not—it's not just like it's know, Rocky. a YouTube video where it's like, here's the best, the the top twenty plays of Pork Miles's off season. This is just like he's working on it. He's sweating. He's wiping himself with a towel. He's sitting down for a little bit. He's talking. He's communicating. 
He's dunking a little bit. He's shooting in slow motion. He's shooting. He's dribbling in the dark. It's like it's like he's Rocky training in Russia, yeah. in in Rocky Four. Yeah. There it is. And the there final words on the screen: possible. I think that it should be called because I was as you said this. In the intro, I didn't know we'd be talking about this, but as you said in the intro, I was like, it really comes, there's one every year. He does one every year. And it's like, I was like, it's a fast and furious situation <laughs> where it's just every year he does another <laughs> one. And so now I'm, in my mind, I, I'm now calling this Ferk and Curious. Oh. So this was Ferk and Curious 4? Uh, I guess, the fourth right? Video, something like that? I mean, Whatever he's been on is, the, that's what we're on. he's been on the team seven years now. So here's, here's my question for you after watching that and thinking about for, Firk for a little bit. Is Firk on Korkmaz good? He was, I mean, he had a, it, apparently, I, I, I didn't watch that in full and it was good to see the end of it. But I did watch his, uh, there was a, uh, a game of Turkey against, I think it was Slovenia. Yeah, he had like 39. He had 39. Yeah, he went yeah, they lost. And it's just like, what's he doing there? He's doing catch and shoot, like, pump fake sidestep like he's doing that normal shit that we want him to do that he could succeed at here if he just like shot well enough for a full season which you know too often he doesn't but i think there's a real is he real is he good sure i mean he's an nba player he's a he's a legitimate nba player he is a if you if if you put him on all 30 teams he would be a rotation player on like half of them i think okay. like right in the middle like cuspy is he better um, than daniel house I mean, it just depends on situation, I think, yeah. because Maxi and Harden are at this point below average defenders and Harden below average, sometimes more than below average, although sometimes he can, he can be fine, as I, as I pointed out a lot uh, during the playoffs. Um, and Korkmaz is, is weak on that end. And so you need Daniel House to, to body up guys a little bit more. But I think there's, a, there's an entire possibility where if they package a couple guys together, which I guess I'm on the hook for saying is going to happen in the next like four days, um, that Korkmaz could just be like shooter off the bench and play over. Like I think there's a world where he plays over Shake. Um, if Shake gets off to a slow start, I think if Doc Stittles and trust Isaiah Joe, that kind of thing. Entirely you possible. Up. You go to sleep. What's the story of a person that slept for, you know, 100 years or whatever? I don't know. You go to sleep, you go in a coma, mm -hmm. and you wake up. It's game seven, the NBA finals. And Doc calls you. And I have no idea why, but he says- How does he get this number? Yeah. He says, oh, thank God you've woken up from your coma. I have something really important to ask you. And I'd, I only have time for you to answer me. I can only put one of these two good guys in my rotation tonight in game seven of the NBA finals, Matisse Thibel or Furkan Korkmaz. Who should I put in? I'm saying, Doc, who else is there? Doc, what's, <laughs> Doc, gotta, what's, you got to tell me more. You got to give me more I context, go. man. I can't, this is, a, gotta, this is a longer podcast answer. That's what I'm trained for. I got to go. I don't have it. I'm going to put in Jordan, DeAndre. Yeah. I'll say, <laughs> I say, know. go with your gut, Doc. <laughs> As they go with your gut. I say, did you did you put me in this coma? Did something you do? <laughs> did something that you did put me in this coma? So um, I got a we'll case talk, to solve. 
We'll talk about Durant in a second. The uh, the Brooklyn Nets championship odds went to at DraftKings Sportsbook, of course, went to plus seven hundred to win the title after the news came out that Kevin Durant was going back to the Nets. Sixers still sit at plus fifteen hundred, and to win the conference, the Nets now at plus three ten, the Celtics at plus two seventy. Man. Uh, Betting lines have always loved the Nets. It's almost like they they just don't want to risk it. That's what those odds always look like to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sixers at plus six fifty um, to win the uh, the East. We love DraftKings. DraftKings safe, secure, reliable. Of course, college football coming up, pro football coming up. Same game parlay the shit out of those things. They're fun. They are fun. Same game parlays are fun. Um, you just put a bunch of bets in one bet and the odds are longer. Um, we love DraftKings because they're safe, secure, reliable. And most of us, because most of all, because they're a sponsor. Great app, put money in, it goes in, take money out, it goes out. Download the app now, use promo code RTRS, bet five bucks on college football and get $200 in free bets instantly. That's code RTRS, only a DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Kevin Durant. The following was released on the Brooklyn Nets Twitter, co-signed by the Brooklyn Nets and Boardroom. And by the way, the Boardroom font looks just like a font. CJ, you could probably tell this. The Boardroom font just looks like a font that comes in like like Photoshop or something um, or Pixlr. Anyway, the following statement has been released by General Manager Sean Marks. Steve Nash and I, together with Joe Sai and Clara Wu Sai, met with Kevin Durant and Rich Kleiman in Los Angeles yesterday. We have agreed to move forward with our partnership. We are focusing on basketball with one collective goal in mind, build a lasting franchise to bring a championship to Brooklyn. Mike, my question to you is, is this genuine or is it a strategic move? Um, is it what Ben Simmons never did? The, okay, this is going to be hard to trade me until I come back. I get it. Uh, I'm in, but let's work toward a trade. I lean that one has, Mm -hmm. is how I've been thinking about it. Like it's so easily seen as the kind of thing that you would just be like, well, look, man, we haven't gotten enough for you because people think you're not going to come here. So if you say you're Mm going to come here, then people will have to raise the offer a little bit. Which is, you know, kind of arguably, I think they like totally took him for a fool, but that's kind of arguably what Utah did with Gobert, right? Mm-hmm. Where it seemed like Danny Ainge was, who like, by the way, Danny Ainge like fucking didn't retire, just lied. They pulled a Daryl, really. Just said, yeah. like, ah, I'm going to retire. Um, I'm gonna, yeah, just totally lied. Well, um, it's crazy how people can just like very obviously lie. Nobody cares and then, anymore. Who cares? Yeah, people are just yeah. like, okay. Yeah. Um, Nobody remembers. Because they were like, yeah, we can just run it back with Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. And I was like, no, you can't. No, you you won't. But Minnesota bought it. Alex Rodriguez, who's about to get fucking passed by our guy, Albert Pujols. I'm rooting for that, by the way. I'm rooting for Pujols very hard for some reason. He's having the best I would love for career. him to get to 700. He's at what, 653? Pujols? 693. 693. I think yeah, 693, yeah. yeah. He's having by OPS as of yesterday the best month of his career. <laughs> like OPS wise, I checked every month of his career. He's having the best ho- month of his career. I think it's, I hope I he's just insane. like steroiding the fuck out of this. Cause oh, he's I don't, like, I why so, not? I, yeah. God bless. <laughs> he, he should be able to like punch the pitcher, right? Right when he gets up, he's fucking 42. <laughs> he's mashing. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, 
But A-Rod bought into it, and so they got they had to send everything for Gobert when they shouldn't have had to. Um, but I think that is what Brooklyn and the boardroom are trying to arrange because he wants him to be gone. They're not going to trade him for jack shit, and he still wants to leave. So it's like, well, this is, you know, it's August. If this was a month and a half from now, then maybe that's a little bit alarm bells. But I think this is exactly the kind of thing you put out now once you've exhausted other options and go mm-hmm. like, all right, we need we need to, you know, get the leverage back on our side. So um, yeah. There, there, there are a couple of interesting Twitter things. One, Patrick Beverly basically accusing Daryl or uh, Durant of like fucking up, um, doing this right before CBA negotiations and also making it harder for players to get signed because they were all held up by him. The other thing, so Daryl posted a photo from Into the Woods, which is a musical with lyrics Um it's a journey over, all is mended, and not just for today, but tomorrow and extended. Ever after, all the curses have been ed- ended. The reverse is wiped away. All is tenderness and laughter for, for forever after. Happy now and happy hence, and happy ever after. Joy today and bliss tomorrow and forever after. And I got a note from Jeremy at Marion Hill. And he says that this is the final, the act one finale of Into the Woods and everything goes to shit in act two afterwards. The lyric is intentionally roasting the characters thinking they'll actually have a happy ending. And Daryl is a huge uh, musical guy. Massive musical dork. Yes. So he knew exactly what he was doing. Um, We have a subtweeting general manager. Um, when yeah. he's, we'll get to his tweets in a second, but when he's not looking at girl, <laughs> girls in, in yoga, man, he's doing this. Um, hmm. Well, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with Durant. So your guess opening night, he's on the nets and then maybe at the trade deadline, he's not, or he's not even on the nets opening night. I mean, that's the most, that's the Phoenix path, I think. Yeah. Um, because then they could trade Aiton for him. After, after Jan, Jan one. after mid January, um, but uh, I, st- I still think he's gone. I still think they move him ahead mm-hmm. of him before that because the the Irving thing's not going away now. Irving, to his credit, is like I'm here. I'm ready to play. I don't care. Whatever. Um, what so yeah, very strange, what man. A, what an odd team. It's it's so yeah. relieving that it's not happening to the Sixers. It's just a well, nice, and, refreshing thing that it's just like the Sixers are having a, an incredibly normal offseason again, which we, hasn't happened in a few even, years. We've had it sometimes, but like so rarely does it happen. And we're just like watching other teams implode and stuff. And the Sixers just like got a little better and nobody got fired. Doc said some weird shit, but that's fine. Red blend. <laughs> we a didn't happy offseason so far. But like, Ben Simmons is on the fucking nets. Like as crazy as the Durant thing is, they have a guy who chose not to play last year and still hasn't, we still haven't seen play basketball in forever. So Simmons, Durant, Kyrie on the same team is, uh, is quite the thing is wild. So then Daryl, uh, and I, I think this was before this was before. Did you read Daryl's proposal for baseball? Oh, fucking this 
These email fixing fucking losers, man. By the way, Hinky, I found it. I found it. I found it really dumb, but funny. I li- I do like that very much, obviously. But the well, we're huge. Just such a such a bad idea. <laughs> such yeah. an obviously bad idea. Well, it's it's like a guy who is at a baseball game who doesn't really even like baseball. He's like, oh my god, when's this gonna end? You know, it would be best yeah. if just one team didn't bat. <laughs> yeah. And by the like before he's even finished his idea, he's already he's, like, oh, I'm already I'm, I'm sort of doing something else already. You guys yeah. got it right. Everybody's all fucked up. I'm just gonna start to build a road here, and uh, I'll get distracted. <sighs> Somebody else will fix it. So you got it. I started you off. What do I have to do? Everything. Uh, I fix baseball. Before we get to his fixing of baseball, as you mentioned, fixing email. Sam's uh, Sam replied to one of his own tweets from June 30th, 2018. The mm. tweet from June 30th, 2018 was misunderstanding gets smoked out of its foxhole with writing like this. Nice job, Benedict Evans. Machine learning is infinite interns. <laughs> there you go. So, uh, so <laughs> I might be, yeah. Guys, we just need some basketball guys in here. Yeah. These fucking other interests. We got to delete all the old podcasts. So you have to prove that you don't like (laughs) theater or Malcolm Gladwell (laughs) when you sign up for, to work for the Sixers, you fill out an application and you're just like nothing, no other interests, right? Just nothing else. Thinking about thinking. You're just a basketball sicko. (laughs) You're not trying to hack, no life hack, no basketball hack. You are a basketball lifer is what you want. So yeah. here Rod is Daryl's. Just give me some it, Rod Thorns and a Alvin Gentry. Here was, was Daryl's tweet. Proposal for baseball. Whichever. <laughs> I love you, Daryl. I'm sorry. Proposal for da- baseball, which I feel like we've been rough. It's such a good off season. I was <laughs> just fucking. Guess what? He's following some yoga pants pants account and guess what he had a dumb idea all right proposal for baseball whichever team is behind is the only one who bats until they tie it or take the lead when games are tied everything proceeds as normal once the team behind comes back and then the team that gets back to bat proceeds from the inning from the last inning they had it would eliminate a ton of not needed at bats without changing who wins or loses it's just a coincidence I'm thinking of this right now. Some are confused. The basics of the game wouldn't change. Still clear bases and break after three outs and half innings and need 27 outs to win. You're just playing half an inning in optimal order for games to end quicker if some half innings not needed. Skipping half inning already happens in the ninth. So Mike, is he saying that I'm up, the Phillies are up 3-1 on the Mets, right? After the first. Yeah. That in the second inning, the Phillies would not bat and they wouldn't bat again until the Mets tied or took the lead. That's but right. But at that time, they would get all of the at-bats That's that right. they were due. So yeah. they would- They have they would banked get- half innings ready to go. <laughs> Friggin' Ranger Suarez's shoulder falling off because <laughs> he's pitching eight straight innings. With like, oh, there's a break in between. Everyone sits there while Ranger cools off. <laughs> they just stay out there. Ranger like sits on, sits on a bench sometimes. I mean, I guess in a world where like, it makes a little bit more sense if you say, let's do this after the sixth. So for the seventh, eighth and ninth innings, rather than just the ninth for the home team. 
But I, I don't I mean, think obviously the they, home team doesn't need to bat if they've if they've if they're up in the ninth. But you could say maybe our final stretch that to the seventh, eighth, and ninth. But then it changes all the statistics and baseball is such a stats based thing. All of a sudden, like you know, because the as an example, Dodgers are up big. Then like you know, Justin Turner only gets like two at bats a game. That's not what we want. It's ridiculous they, idea. They want a bat. <laughs> it's. Yeah. And, 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 and the, there are some of the changes. Like I love the, the player on second in extra innings. I think that's a cool idea because it makes it not just, it ends the game quicker, but it makes it more exciting. I, I feel so like, do, it, so do I kind it, of, and I think that's a little sacrilege stuff, but I do think it's fun. They've been doing it in the minor leagues for a while. I, I do think it's fun. You're not trying to tax relievers mm-hmm. so much. Like I, I do kind of think it's cool, and it does give you strategy. If you don't score, if yes. you score one in the first, it's like it's it adds an element of strategy to it just for the second, for the for the uh, extra inning situation. I think it's but kind of the cool. changes. I know most people don't like it, but I, I kind of do. Whatever whatever the issues with baseball are, it's not like if the games were shorter. Like I, I think it's one of the things, but yeah, whatever. It's a horrible idea. I mean, Daryl's idea was just was very bad. Um, but at least I think he it's was just thinking. like you either like baseball or you don't. Or you don't. Like, yep. If if games were two hours and thirty five minutes instead of like three hours and fifteen minutes, I just don't think that that's going to convert anyone to to like the game more. And so I agree with you. You're either going to like it and enjoy the ambiance and the atmosphere, and you're going to be okay. Like, all right, I'm going to you know get a hot dog in this half inning. Or if you're at home, you're like, all right, I'm going to. Have it on my headphones while I do something else. Like it is, that's part of part of the like. It is a, a slow going sport that during tense times, whether it's the late innings of a of a big rivalry game or in the playoffs, all the breaks in between are extremely overwrought, and you're yes. and you're clenching. Whereas the like the easy like it's July, it's August. We're just like, you know, we're playing, the Phils are playing the Reds right now. It's like a very like calm, it's just, it's on. You're checking it out. It's got Fransky doing his thing. Like, I love You baseball. either like it or you don't. Yeah. I love baseball. I, it's the, the best. The only thing, I I think the shift is, I think, I think there are rules like that they could, that are, they could work on. But Daryl's idea, a little too extreme, I think. I have a rule for basketball and it's if you're up a bunch, then you just like only play defense. <laughs> You only play defense. Just keep, just keep checking until the, the other ball. team ties it. The and yeah, then it's they get it to half court, it for you. and yeah, and then it's like, okay, you got to stop, and then it's your ball, and then we stop. Everybody relax for a second, and then you start it up again. It's just defense. Sixers only play defense if they're up like more than eleven in the fourth. Briggs Auction has a bunch of baseball items in the newest auction. Shout out to Tom, who's been in the YouTube comments begging to talk about Briggs Auction. He went on Saturday to do his pickup. He got his uh, Hello Kitty mini fridge and 80s and 90s baseball cards. He also says that go for the Saturday pickup, get your stuff, and then check out the farmer's market right across the street. There you go. Briggs Auction in Delco, four-generation, family-owned and operated auction house. Auctions are sick, man. So the new one, which ends on Friday the 26th, I... Uh, Mike from Body Bio texted me. He's like, yo, this Briggs auction is sick. I was like, I know. I 
I bid on one of the Salvador Dali autographed prints and he was like, so did my mom. So there's a bunch of Salvador Dali autographed prints and the sports stuff in this auction are great. An 83 Sixers signed ball, team signed ball, uh, game-worn Iverson shoes are in it too. And it's not just sports memorabilia. It's not just art, but it is uh, furniture and, uh, you know, electronics vehicles sometimes too. Um, and it happens two, three times a month, these auctions. They're great. They start at a dollar and there is just, there's tons and tons and tons of shit. If you want to check out the auctions or bid, there's an app in the App Store or Google Play. Just search Briggs, B-R-I-G-G-S auction or go to briggsauction.com slash Ricky. As Tom mentioned, Saturday is open pickup or you can pick up by appointment or you can work with a shipper. They can find you a shipper and you can get it shipped as well. Briggs Auction is great just hundreds of lots, usually at least six or 700 lots in each auction. It's just great. If you have a uh, estate or you would like to downsize and want to do an auction, Briggs Auction should handle it for you. Info at briggsauction.com is where you send the email. That is Briggs Auction, Briggs Auction. So I decided that this might take us this pod and then the next pod. Daryl Morey has been here, his first, his first official move as 76ers president of basketball operations it was November 18th, 2020. And he selected Tyrese Maxey. And that was almost two years ago. And there are a bunch of moves. And I thought with a little bit of hindsight, um, we could go back and grade Daryl's moves since becoming president of the Philadelphia 76ers. Obviously with that 21st pick Maxey, uh, Daryl gets an A. The rest of the draft, and I think we can grade the draft as a whole, Theo Maladon, uh, Tyler Bay, Isaiah well, they Joe. They didn't, they didn't take Teo. Oh, they didn't? Yeah, I mean, that was a draft for someone else. For somebody else, okay. Um, and then Bay ended up going uh, to the Mavs, but they, they yeah. picked, so... Bay, Joe, and Paul Reed. I mean, with Maxi in the draft, the draft automatically gets an A, right? I mean, even if yeah, no I mean, other pick pans out. Yeah, the those are all picks for for other guys. I think it, it's it's Maxi and Bebo Paul and, and Joe. That's an A, and Isaiah Joe. That's right. Um, that's an A plus. I think that's a that's a hundred percent an A plus. That's as good mm -hmm. of a draft with twenty with twenty one, forty nine, and fifty eight. That's an A plus. Paul Reed played good. Let's say good enough broadly. Backup center minutes in the playoffs, like that's huge. Isaiah Joe took a swing on him at forty nine. Like I think he should be better. I think they should give him more time. But even if he never works out, like he's reason a, a totally reasonable pick for that area you can look before and around him and there's nobody that you're like god if only we had him like jordan Nor is good uh he's, he, he seems like playable enough trey jones is is good but he got picked ahead of him like there's nobody below that you're you're dying for um that trading down yeah but even then I, I i wish that they had taken xavier tillman i love xavier tillman i wish that they had gone and gotten <laughs> shouldn't have started Desmond. this with the draft that's true <laughs> I wish that they had gotten Desmond Bain at 30. That obviously would have been huge. Um, there were guys that, that could have been more helpful that they uh, maybe went away from, but you're not going to get every good guy in the draft. So the, the fact that they got three 
I would say three NBA players between 21 and 58, uh, two of whom have already played big roles in the playoffs. I think that's, I think that's enormous. A plus. So that day as well, they traded Tyler Bay and Josh Richardson to the Dallas Mavericks for Seth Curry. I think in retrospect, that was almost a perfect trade. Like getting Curry for Josh Richardson was uh, incredibly helpful. Seth Curry ended up really for a while being Embiid's like best um, offensive partner since Redick. You know, I think uh, it didn't win them a championship or anything, but I think getting Curry for Richardson, I think is is an A. Um, yeah, I might I might say A minus just mm, because. Okay. Like Josh Richardson has not had a good few years at all. He was good on Miami that one year or two years, I guess. Um, but Seth was pretty exploited in the playoffs yeah. over and over again in that Atlanta series. And even though he was more helpful than Josh Richardson was, still got a guy who, you know, a very much a one-way player um, for Josh Richardson, who at least at one point in his career was a helpful two-way player. And the Sixers and some other team. teams haven't, yeah, the Sixers haven't, and some other teams haven't been able to get that back, um, including like Boston and stuff. But so maybe um, he's not. Maybe he's not. Maybe he's yeah. not. But Seth definitely is a one-way player, and he was helpful in the regular season, but and, and helpful in the playoffs offensively, but but really exploitable on the on the defensive end. So let's say a minus. Josh Richardson is a no-way player. Uh, he is the th- theoretically a good player. Now, by the way. When I was looking up the record of moves, it is noted on Daryl Morey's basketball reference page that his nickname is Slippery Eel. Were you aware of this nickname? No, I saw his response, and I know that that's a Kevin McHale post move. Um, Didn't know that anyone called Daryl that, but he said Danny Ainge did. Also a play on, of course, there is a Moray eel. So maybe it's just one of those things where they're like, Moray eel, slippery eel. It's not a good nickname. It's not a roll <laughs> off fucking, the tongue. Fucking horrible nickname. Um, two days later, uh, Daryl signs Dwight Howard to a one-year minimum contract deal. I will give him a C. Um, that's, that's fair. I was probably, he was better in the regular season than we thought he was going to be. So I was leaning mm-hmm. C plus, but like I'm fully playoff pilled. Yep. I am disregarding the regular season for anybody except for young players that I am biased to want to succeed. So Dwight being good in the regular season means nothing to me. So I think, yeah, see. I love seeing the Ryan Brokoff signing in there, which is <laughs> great. I forgot about him for a second. Mm-hmm. They signed him on the shirt. Get, yep. So uh, the next meaningful uh, deal is the Sixers trade um, Horford, Mitchich, and Maladon, and a 2025 first round pick to the Oklahoma City Thunder for Terrence Ferguson, Danny Green, and Vincent Poirier. I forgot yeah, about all, Poirier. This was all draft night. Yeah. Oh, Poirier, he was bad. Oh, he was yeah. Well, bad. 
I guess it didn't, it wasn't finished until December sure. 8th. It officially yeah. didn't go till December 8th. So, um, you know, Mitchich will be a guy that we, every, every year look at his EuroLeague stats and wait for him to come over. I think he's 30 years old at this point, isn't he, Mitchich? Mm-hmm. There, yeah. there was talk about him playing for the Thunder this year, but I don't think it's happening. You know, it's funny. Um, obviously Al Horford is still an incredibly helpful player as he showed this year. And you shouldn't have to pay to get off of Al Horford's contract. That said, the contract was a lot of money and the Sixers were in a really, they had to get rid of him. Mm -hmm. Uh, They did get Danny Green, who was incredibly helpful for two years here. Um, Like incredibly helpful, like probably their their best two-way wing player. Um, I'm going to go... B minus. I was stuck between C plus and B minus. Uh, I think that that's fair. I was weighing the idea of like, could you should you penalize the Sixers for Horford succeeding so much so well on a different team where his role is better fitting? Um. And I think the answer is probably yes still. I think it dings him a little bit. In mm-hmm. the same way that Josh Richardson being bad in the going forward makes them makes that deal look better. I think you do have to say a little they're still a little retroactive. Mm-hmm. Like they should have gotten more out of Horford or or more likely they should have set the situation to be to be better for him. But it seemed like that whole thing was just cursed from the very beginning. It was fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. So good like Necessary trade, certainly not an excellent one as far as having to move the best player in the trade, even though he was on a bad contract and a pick. Um, and Danny was helpful. So I would say, I would say probably a, a C plus. In a lot of ways, Danny was wing Al Horford. Like in terms of where he is in his career, the usefulness, you know, like it, it, it's really the pick that ends up killing you that ends up, you know, trading that pick. Mm-hmm. Um, and not, not necessarily that like the Sixers need that because they're expecting out of that guy, but just like as far as assets that they could trade mm-hmm. in a, in a bigger swap and a Durant type trade, whether that's that or something else, then they just have so, so few picks to be dealing with. Well, and, and they did you, trade the best player. Horford is still the best player in that in that trade. Yep. And when you deal a pick, you're essentially making it impossible to trade three picks. You know, you mm-hmm. can't trade the 24 or 26 when you trade 25. I oh, mean, it's got to be so nice that Horford got to just basically take a year off mm-hmm. and get his body right, get paid so much money to do it, and then go... Like, the past couple of years for Horford have had to be the best that you dream about that. I can't, I would love to be like Bobby bonilla by somebody. Like somebody mm-hmm. Bonilla me. If if Bobby Bonilla was also like performing well for like the Cardinals mm-hmm. as the Mets were still paying him still paying a him. buttload of money every year, like that would be nice. That would be ideal. And Horford's kind of doing that. You have to sign, maybe if you start stripping, maybe you'll be so good 
You'll get signed to one of those giant deals. Pa- passive stripping income. <laughs> yeah. There it is. I, I think we'd both give the next deal an A+. Plus. On January 22nd, 2021, he signed Rajon Tucker to a two-way contract. Hell yeah. Yeah. I Just mean, sometimes you need to... T- two-way guys were meant to be like, you must do powerful pregame dunks. And that's really it. And he provided that. So... There was a three-team trade that essentially ended up with the Sixers trading Tony Bradley, a 2025 second-round pick, and a 2026 second-round pick. And the Sixers got back um, uh, Iggy Brisdakis, but more notably, uh, George Hill. Mm -hmm. That trade gets a fucking F. I'm sorry. George Hill was fucking terrible, and then they let him go for nothing, basically. Yeah, now, the benefit of hindsight is you can look at the totality of it. Yeah. You trade for George Hill and let his team option, was it a team option that they, they declined? Yes, correct. Um, let it was let like an unguaranteed, he, they had, he had an unguaranteed year, I think. Right, he had like didn't, a, didn't guarantee it. Yeah. It, it was not good. He wasn't, he wasn't good while he was here. He made so much sense as basically shake with sturdier defense at that time, but he just wasn't. He just wasn't that. And then he was he good for Milwaukee last year? Not really. I mean, he had to be better than he was. Better for sure, better. But yeah, was still not very good. Uh, Yeah, it's it's. uh, I'll I'll say like at least it made sense. And sometimes you trade a guy, you trade for a guy, and you're like, this makes sense, and and he doesn't play well. I could see why George Hill made sense at the time. Like the logic make, works for me, but so I'll, I'll give it like a, I'll give it a D. Yeah. I mean, I think even at the time, I think my take was like George Hill is going to end up being way too important. and He's going to play crunch time minutes. And I think the Sixers were in that situation where it seemed like George Hill was, but he was just terrible. I think he started getting afraid to shoot. If I remember, he wouldn't shoot when he was open. It's too cold Philly. in the arena. That's gotta yeah. be it. Yeah. Adam Kasabi, who I owe a phone call back. I owe a call to you, Adam. I am sorry. Adam Kasabi, the official realtor of the process. It's been a crazy couple of years for buying and selling homes. And now, even though interest rates are up a little bit, there's a lot less inventory out there, a lot, lot fewer homes. You really need a good realtor that you can trust. You don't want to be searching these websites every day and every night. You want somebody doing that for you. Adam Kasebe, the official realtor of the process. K-S-E-B-E, K-S-E-B-E. Now, you may be thinking, it's the end of the summer. I don't want to think about a summer home, but uh, a shore house. Now's a good time, right? Adam Kasebe can help you find a house down the shore in Delaware. That's right, where the property taxes are low, 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 low. Or Maryland. They can sell you a house in Ocean City, Maryland as well. They can sell you a house in all of Delaware, all in Maryland. Sell your house all in Delaware, all in Maryland. And by the way, Delaware Beach is beautiful. A lot of options down there. Rehoboth, Lewis, Bethany. Um, What's the one if you're like fucking CJ's age and you want to go and party? Dewey is down there. Uh, But if you're not looking for a home in those areas or you're not selling a home in those areas, if you're in PA or New York or New Jersey or something like that, still call Kasabi. He can't do it for you, but what he will do is he will go through his network of realtors and interview the one that will be perfect for you. So when it comes down to it, 
As far as realtor goes, you only need one name, and that is Kasebe, K-S-E-B-E. Based out of Long and Foster in Bethany Beach, he is just a call or a text or an email away. Call or text him right now, 302-864-8643. 302-864-8643, or email him, adam at processrealtor.com. That is adam at processrealtor.com. All right, back to the slippery eel grading. Um where are we going? Hold on. I got to get back to where we are. Okay. Um, I don't remember Mason Jones. Do you? <laughs> Do I remember Mason Jones? Spike. <laughs> yeah. Nine years of this podcast. I think I don't remember Mason Jones. Are you kidding? <laughs> I don't remember Mason Jones. Like Joe. Um, uh, okay. Yeah. A guy that there's, yeah, a weird type of player that a little, um, um, it's not basketball season, so I'm a little removed. Uh, the other Iowa State, the Iowa State guy, Lakers, Taylor Horton, Horton Tucker, a little mm-hmm. bit of that, like uncomfortable weirdness, odd body, um, but needs to be like the kinds of guy that like needs to have the ball in his hands. And at the NBA level, you're just not good enough to have the ball in your hands. You have to be so good to have the ball in your hands. So like if you're going to make it as a role player, a la Danny, you just got to be able to play off ball. And I don't think Mason quite figured that out. And that's why he's kind of like a quad A type player. Um, do you remember the Anthony Tolliver 10 day and then the Anthony, Anthony Tolliver contract for the rest of the season? Mm-hmm. He was so happy to be there. Just adding yeah. guys' names. He was just like, you know, missing threes. I remember his first three, miss, he airballed. <laughs> he that looked so old. And he then good. he looked very old, yeah. The, the final move of the season, I guess this was after the season, signed Gary Clark to a two-way contract. I can't remember. It must have been after the season, right? May 11th? Uh, no, he was he was here for a little bit. Okay. Played. Yeah, I mean, love Clark, Gary Clark. Believe in Not Gary Clark. Not giving grades to any of these, because who cares? Okay. Gary Clark Ju- is an A. July 29th, 2021, is the NBA draft in it. We get Jaden Springer, Philippe Petrosev, and Charles Bassey. Yeah. The Petrosev pick was bad. Mm-hmm. Never really seemed like he could do much. I mean, he's performing, you know, he won MVP of some league over there that I'm forgetting. Um, but it kind of seemed like. To draft, I mean, I guess at the time I was like, okay, cool. You take two two flyers on two centers in the fifties. Um, mm. I preferred Bassey by a lot. Um, my hope was that Petrushev becomes like, all right, if you if you trust his touch, then maybe he becomes the the stretch five this team has never had uh, since Muscala. But uh, he seems like he's not doing. It. He seems like he's just not good enough. Um, the Springer pick, like, look, he hasn't been good. Like, not going to pretend that he has. The defense is fully legitimate. Um, and I want to see his offense get better enough that he can perform at that level. Really, jumper looks way too Evan Turnery for my taste. Um, he's powerful. He's m- much more athletic on defense than he is on offense. Mm-hmm. Um, I you, dra- don't you draft Jaden Springer knowing he's going to be a project and take some time. Um, but I still, I still have hopes. There's no reason to get off of him now because like his value is obviously pretty low. 
Um, so you just got to hope that like your player development staff and his like own motor and work ethic is going to get him there because he's not there. He's definitely not there yet. He hasn't been good enough. I grade this draft a D plus. Bassey is behind Paul Reed and I don't think Jaden Springer can play. I'm sorry. I think, like, I think D plus is too low. I mean, it's a 20, it's a 28th pick and two guys in the fifties. Bassey, I think is an NBA player and to get an NBA player in the fifties is he can't get good. minutes ahead of Paul Reed. Well, Paul Reed's the man. <laughs> it's, not, it's not Bassey's fault that Paul Reed is the man. That's a is good. Uh, there's no, I can't. I can't argue with that. I've <laughs> you've, you've you've argued me into a corner. I, I'm stuck. Go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you look at the guys that were picked after Jaden Springer. Um, there's a handful of guys that you might right now rather have. I think Ayo Dasunmu is obviously one, um, but Dasunmu is coming out of college, much more of a finished project. Herb Jones went crazy in the in like from the end of March to like the combine uh, through the combine into the draft, and so like. He was a guy that people weren't even ranking early on of like, he's a four-year senior. He never shot at Alabama. And then he just like got really good after the college season and had a hell of a rookie year for New Orleans. So that's that's a surprising one, but I, I'd say that's definitely one. Jeremiah Robinson Earl's solid. He's a, ro- he's a rotation guy. So, but there's not like, you know, Kessler Edwards might be something. Delano Banton maybe. Handful of guys. But I don't think you're, you're looking at that Jaden Springer pick and going like, Man, would kill to have, even though I like these guys, Jared Butler, Deuce McBride. You're not dying for it. So I, I'm happy to give, even though Jaden Springer has been worse for longer than I anticipated, um, I'm happy to give him another year or two to actually improve. But it's, it's definitely time for him to do so. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm looking at the draft now. You're right that behind it, there's not too much there. Yeah, maybe you maybe be attracted to Brandon Boston. Yeah. He's on Memphis, who is obviously like a sort of even were, had a even you know Maxi had a slightly disappointing season at Kentucky. Slightly, Brandon Boston had a very disappointing yeah. season at Kentucky. Came out as Quint- a big prospect. Um, those kinds of like had a bad year somewhere. Kind of go down. There, there's you know there's always guys you're going to consider taking over them, but Springer is like the kind of player that Springer is is you know not not his production wise, but the like on paper like, pretty perfect to pair with Maxi. And uh, he's just got to get there, and he's, he's, he's got a long way to go. Uh, back to it. So I'd give it, um, I would give it like a C- minus so far. Okay. Another, so the next meaningful move here, Sixers signed Andre Drummond to a one-year minimum contract. I'm sorry. The C-. Minus. I, he fucking, I mean, it's, he could it's never, a minimum. That's that's yeah. the thing is that it's a minimum and but he was yeah he was never going to be able they to play traded in the him at they traded him like as value in a trade that got them James Harden like mm-hmm. they traded Ben him. Simmons in two first round picks like for sure but I but Andre Drummond was someone that Brooklyn wanted and then Brooklyn then started him for a while um, that says as much about Brooklyn as it says about totally totally yeah. but he was pretty damn good when he was here. And Embiid seemed to like him. Guys, friendly guy seemed to be happy to play with him. Got came over, left in the James Harden trade. I think this is a, it's an uninspiring play, but I think it's, I think it's good. I think it's a B plus. And I, I still no. obviously believe for the minimum for the production he gave you on the minimum. I think absolutely. 
Mm. I think absolutely B plus. And I might be, some people would say it's obviously a lot higher than that. Um, if, I think if in the playoffs, were, he, he would have been bad. He would have And he would have kept playing. Is, and he would have kept playing, by the way. But yeah. I mean, Doc freaking played DeAndre Jordan. DeAndre Jordan so yeah. I would have rather have Andre Drummond than DeAndre Jordan. Um, but yeah, I mean, not an inspiring signing. I was very fine with it because it was the minimum. Um, and he was, uh, you know, pretty much as advertised, if maybe a little bit a better sport than I anticipated. Um, Mike, it's Doc. I got, Thanks for answering. Who should I put into my playoff rotation? Ferk or Thibel? Doc, I'm trying to find out who put me in this coma. <laughs> and I feel like you're a prime suspect. You keep on. Um, yeah, I think just Andre's fine. It was fine. I give it a, I, I think it would have been worse had he been allowed to play playoff basketball for the Sixers. But because he got James Harden here, I'm, I'm happy to look past it and, and give it a B plus. All right. We will save the rest of them for the next pod. <laughs> As I think of different questions that Doc Rivers would call and ask Mike after he wakes from his coma. If you don't we will, uh, we'll talk to you next time. Uh, Daryl Morey's nickname is Slippery Eel. Are you done with TTP? Then I won't fuck yeah. with you. You know the face. If you don't fuck with me, then I, then I won't fuck, fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. But if you fuck with me, I'm gonna fucking kill you! That's a plan B.